what is the force? If nothing else, the force is a thought. It is an idea, a representation in our finite minds of the infinite, eternal and binding. The common thread that links all phenomena above us, beneath us, around us, but also in us and in everything that we typically understand as not us. This idea of a divine force wasn't invented as a neat narrative device for a 1970s space opera. It is a universal and near ubiquitous concept that has been experienced and studied throughout recorded history and beyond. Indeed, scholars of comparative religion continue to attribute the direct experience of this force as the source of all religion. Karen Armstrong has been described as one of the most lucid, compelling and respected writers on world religion. This is what she has to say. Uh, God is everywhere. And wherever God is, God is there, there holy. So God is in every single leaf, every single tree, every, is everywhere. It it's transfuses nature. And that was exactly the way the peoples of the world uh, had always cultivated their sense of the natural world as sacred and divine. As a not as a god stuck up in the heavens, but as a force, a sacred force that imbues the whole of reality. Although this force has been called innumerable names, the experience of a sacred force seems to be fundamental to human understanding of the universe and our place in it. In some cultures, it manifests as a personal deity or avatar, but in many cases, it is conceived as a suprapersonal creative force underlying the manifestation of the whole universe the common basis of all that is. In arguably the oldest surviving cultures on Earth, the so-called Aboriginal Australian tribes now refer to this idea in English as the dreaming or dream time. Contrary to common misconception, the dream time doesn't refer to a mythical, historical age, or an ancestral past. Rather, it refers to the eternal creator of the world, itself uncreated. It is the metaphysical ground of Aboriginal cosmology, embracing past, present, and future. The Dreamtime represents the relationship 
between people, plants, animals, and the physical features of the land. The knowledge of how these relationships came to be, what they mean, and how they need to be maintained in daily life and in ceremony. Quote, We are all visitors to this time, this place. We're just passing through. Our purpose is to observe, to learn, to grow, to love. Then we return home. End quote. In Hinduism, the foundation of all reality is Brahman, beingness on which all things depend. In contrast, Atman is the individual beingness of a person, but this is resolved in Advaita Vedanta, the revelation that Atman is Brahman. In other words, the foundation of all reality, the force, resides in us, individually and collectively. In the Hindu tradition, it manifests as prana and shakti. Prana is the Sanskrit word for breath, but has the meaning of life force or vital principle. It permeates the whole of reality on all levels, including inanimate objects. It is sometimes described in Hindu literature as originating from the sun and connecting the elements. Similarly, Shakti is one of the oldest concepts in Hinduism, dating as far back as 8000 to 9000 BC. Shakti is the primordial, dynamic cosmic energy, female aspect of Brahman, associated with the manifestation of energy, ability, strength, effort, power, and capability. From the Devi Mahatmya, by you this universe is born, by you this universe is created, O Shakti, by you it is protected. In the Egyptian Old Kingdom, the force was known as Ka the life force energy animating all living beings. When Ka combined with Ba, individual personality, and Ra, the sun, a remarkable coincidence with the conception of Prana, it became Ak, the source of all wisdom and the creative force of the universe the means by which the gods acted on and interacted with the manifest world. Know the world in yourself. Never look for yourself in the world, for that would be to 
project your illusion. Egyptian proverb. In Judaism, which many scholars believe to be the closest surviving descendant of ancient Egyptian religion, the force is known as Chotma Ilya, and more generally as Ruach. Ruach is the spirit, breath, or wind of the universe, of the Elohim, and of Yahweh. It is the agency of God in the manifest world. The Holy Spirit and the spirit of holiness in Jewish thought refers to energy and not an expression of personhood. Never in rabbinical commentaries is the spirit considered as an entity separate from God, even though at times it is used as synonymous with God and interchangeable with Shekinah, the majesty of God present among men and in nature, God's immanence. In Iran, the modern-day birthplace of the ancient Zoroastrian faith, the force was known as Spentamainu in its creative cycle and Angramainu in its destructive phase. The Spentamainu is the source of goodness, good spirit, good mind, right action, and right thought. Angramainu is the source of evil, evil spirit, evil mind, and wrong action, and wrong thought. Arguments have ensued as to whether both Spenta and Angramainu are direct emanations of Ahuru Mazda, the godhead in Zoroastrian theology, but none question that these forces manifest in the world and have agency. Spentamainu, rise within me, grant me courage through serenity, full vigour through righteousness, and felicity through good mind. In the Far East, the concept of a sacred force was even more exoteric, even more part of day-to-day -day conceptions of the universe. In Confucianism, it is known as Qi. It is the vital essence of being, a force unknowable in its universal totality, but of which humanity could ascertain particular attributes, such as being the source of balance and harmony. For a Taoist, this same force is at the heart of mundane existence, flowing through us, even though we cannot entirely comprehend it. In this sense, we are like fish who don't notice the water in which they swim. In Buddhism, there is no personal God, rather, a compassionate mystery which is called the essence of the entire cosmos, 
an eternal, permanent, immutable, pure and self-sufficient force that unites all beings, drawing them into a coherent whole and universally illuminating the human mind and enabling us to cultivate a capacity for inextinguishable goodness. Heading west again, to Africa, the force has gone by countless names, perhaps best known today are Nyama and Ash. Nyama is the hot, wild energy that is the animating force in nature. Nyama is present in all rocks, plants, animals and people. It controls nature, the motion of the stars and oceans, and is the sculptor of the universe. Ash is the force as named by the Yoruba people. It is the divine force of the cosmos. It can be negative or positive, and is particularly revered in the form of Aj, the feminine creative power. In the civilizations of the Pacific, the force is known as mana. It is the supreme force permeating the universe. Although anyone or anything has mana to a greater or lesser degree, the emphasis in Polynesian and Melanesian culture was on the cultivation of this agency rather than speculating on its ultimate source. To have accumulated mana implies having influence, authority, agency and efficacy, ultimately implying prestige. Indeed mana protects its protector and they symbiotically depend on each other for growth, be that positive or negative. Indeed mana often manifests as healing power. In North America, the cosmic force goes by many names also. These include Orenda, Wakanda, Mahopa, Manitoi, Pokant, Orena, and Karena. It is the collective power of nature's energies through the living energy of all natural objects, animate and inanimate. While it resides in all things, the force can be transmitted and its energy can be exerted according to the will of the adept working with it. Indeed, Wakanda is omnipresent and manifests everywhere, not only in objects, but also in events and gatherings. And what of this concept in the still ancient, but more modern incarnations of Abrahamic religious faiths, such as Christianity and Islam. In Christianity, the force is known as the Holy Spirit. It is perhaps the least well-conceptualized aspect of the Christian Trinity, but its study is known as pneumatology, from the Greek pneuma for spirit. 
It is the activity of God in the world. And when that action involves helping or advocacy, the force is known as the paraclete. The Gnostic Christians call it Barbello, the supreme female principle, the fecund antecedent of creation. Julian of Norwich, the fabled Christian mystic wrote, all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. For there is a force of love moving through the universe that holds us fast and will never let us go. More recently, C.S. Lewis, the author, an infamous Christian apologist, is quoted as saying, an impersonal God, well and good, a subjective God of beauty, truth and goodness inside our own heads, better still, a formless life force surging through us, a vast power which we can tap, best of all. In Islam, the same force is known as Ruh. In the Quran, it is described as having the ability to infuse life into inanimate matter and perform other tasks beyond human comprehension. Its abilities are depicted as crossing vast distances and time spans. Beyond that, Allah himself is impersonal despite a personal pronoun. Allah is Ahad, the unique one of absolute oneness, who is indivisible in nature, who is unique in his essence, attributes, names and acts. Allah is Al-Samad, the ultimate source of all existence, the uncaused cause who created all things out of nothing, who is eternal, absolute, immutable, perfect, complete, essential, independent, and self-sufficient. In Rastafarianism, the force is called liberty. Liberty is the Rastafari concept of righteous, ever-living, living. Its essence is the realization that an energy or life force conferred by Yah exists within and flows through all people and all living things. In Rastafari philosophy, liberty can be enhanced by intense prayer and meditation adherence to an ital diet, and perhaps, most importantly, loving behaviour towards others. In this whistle-stop tour of world religions, we have only given consideration to those religions still widely practised. No doubt there are countless now extinct religions that venerated the same idea. But what are the most pervasive religion in the modern world? 
the secular belief in science and scientists as the arbiters of truth. In a very real sense, searching for a grand unified theory that will integrate the four fundamental forces into one underlying ubiquitous force is precisely the same search, the ultimate metaphysical question that religion and philosophy have pursued for thousands of years. What might be said of this force? It might be eternal, infinite, omnipotent, transcendent and imminent. It could be described as the creative force of the universe and the ground of being. Precisely what the religions of the world have already been describing for thousands of years. However, the sacred force of religious tradition is more than the mathematical equation the scientists seek. It is an idea that manifests as profound experience. Mystics across the world and throughout history have been consistent in their reports of communion, literally union with the Force. It isn't about praying to or worshipping an external god. It is about awakening to the reality of non-duality. You are not merely an individual soul. It is no coincidence that the word soul also means alone. You are not merely an individual in a vast universe, but you are a vast universe in an individual. There is no good word for this non-dual identity in English, but the stand-up philosopher Tim Freak has coined the term individual to try and capture this meaning. You are individual and universe, all embedded in, flowing with, and consisting of the force which has gone by so many different names through the millennia. The name matters not. We merely need to accept its invitation into communion. Spiritual masters and adepts throughout history have shown us the way. However, by the early 20th century, enough translations had been made and enough scholarship had been undertaken to put real meat on the bones of what is known now as the perennial philosophy, the recurring method for an individual to recognize their true identity, to realize their birthright as a seat of universal consciousness in the Force. Summarized by Aldous Huxley into a minimum working hypothesis, this multifaceted tradition states, one, there is a force which is the unmanifested principle of all manifestation. Two, that force is transcendent and imminent. Three, it is possible for a human being to know, 
love and become the force. Four, to achieve this unit of knowledge and to realize this true identity is the final end and purpose of human existence. Five, there is a path to follow in order for humans to achieve their final end. In future videos, we will dive into this perennial philosophy in more detail. Until then, may the Force be with you, always.